TogiNet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or even more. I give you the opportunity to go look at their hotel fees and take advantage of their cost savings. Please go to www.bestradiotravel.com. Check them out. I think you'll be pleased. Welcome to Second Win with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome to Second Wind. It's always such a pleasure to have you here. I just get excited knowing that you're out there listening to me and that this this may be the show that will greatly affect your life in some way. I hope they all do, but Honestly, we have our special areas of, of progress and need and, and all that because we are so unusual and so unique in our, our lives. You know, we're, we're entering into the holiday season and no matter where we are in our lives, the holiday seasons are stressful. They're stressful because we, bring into our environment even more activities to do. If you're a working person and you have, you have the office party, you have the neighborhood parties, you have all of this that is added to your already busy schedule. In addition to having the family over for a, fe- a special feast or taking dishes to their house for a special feast. So anyway, all in all, this is, can I get a amen? This is a stressful part of our season. And it goes on for about a month and a half, honestly. So for the person that has experienced loss, for the person that is going through a transition in their life, then that for me, my clients would certainly be going through divorce. One of the things I like to start talking about is that we acknowledge and accept that the holiday will be different than last year. We may have come to, we may just started into our divorce proceedings. We may just be completing them, whatever it might be. But I really want you to enter into the season with a preparation, a self-preparation, if you will, explaining the new format or the new procedures that will take place this year and acknowledging acknowledging that it may be stressful. So it's even more important 
for you to do some personal self-care. To also have that conversation with your children if it's that time of year. Preparation, preparing for the season is a big key. Being proactive so that you're not caught off guard or ill-prepared. It's very important for your, as normal as it could be, we'll know it's going to be stressful, but as normal as it can be, that you be able to have balance during this season. And when if it just gets too much for you, listen, you just walk outside the room, you go outside, you do whatever you need to do to help you recenter yourself again. I really want to offer you encouragement here. This is where you need it. Call a friend or call me and let's talk about it. JoyceBufordEmpowers.com is where you can reach me. So if you're needing additional support this season, reach out. Don't be one that says, I can do it by myself. Because even some of the greatest, biggest, baddest people have said that and been fiercely disappointed. So reach out, ask for support, and be proactive about your holiday season. Our guest today is going to give you even more wonderful, valuable information. Her name is Natalia Voltz. She helps people get right with their endings, whether it is the ending of death, divorce, or illness of a partner or parent. Her expertise arose from a first-hand experience when her husband died at the early age of 49 after a two-year battle with pancreatic cancer, leaving her alone to raise their three children. Like so many who experienced the death of a loved one, Natalia felt completely devastated, lost, alone, oh, and unclear as to how to navigate through the pain and get to the other side where we can begin to rebuild our lives. Moving through the pain is where we can get to the rebuild stage. In a culture that doesn't like to talk about death and loss, that would be us. We are so human in this way. Natalie found a way to move through her pain and now guides people through the process of getting right with endings in their lives. Often for an event that happened earlier, years earlier, she's working with people that delay this, delay this experience of moving through the pain. Natalie is certified by the Grief Recovery Institute and is the author of Passing Through Grief. Welcome, Natalia. Oh, I did it, didn't Hi. I? I called you Natalie. I slipped. Oh, darn. <laughs> That's okay. Natalia. All right. Yes. Hi. So, so nice to be here with you. Oh, uh, we are so excited to have you here because this is so time sensitive and it, so perfect because I yeah. think of this holiday season as being an even on more stressful time 
but I know you're talking about just the, the, the process of moving through, um, grief and, um, thinking, I was thinking as you were talking about the season and how it's really timely because with at least where I am in the Northeast, um, it's fall and moving into winter and it's really a time of ending um, yes. and, and preparing for a new beginning when spring will come. But when you were talking about that, I thought, oh, it's so true that this season is, it's a particularly timely Time to talk about endings and mm. what that means and how we move through them. Yes, yeah. Um, I am. Uh, I cannot even put words to the shock of losing your mate so early in life as you did, um, and losing your husband. I mean, even going through the cancer process is a journey in itself. Um, but he just seemed so young to have to deal with that type of cancer. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think one thing that is interesting is I work with a lot of people who have lost a spouse or a parent or a child and also people who have gone through divorce. And what I say is we all experience our losses and the tragedies in our life at 100%. Um, I learned that in the Grief Recovery Institute, and I thought that's so true that, yes, my loss was certainly extremely devastating and tragic um, for me. And I know that each person, I have, you know, I've had a number of clients who've gone through divorce, and their divorce has been as tragic for them because mm. we we have hopes and dreams of of what we expect the relationship and expectations of what we hope the relationship will be and what our life will be. And, um, yeah, my relationship was cut short and, and so are so many of ours and so many of your listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I came, uh, when I divorced, I became aware in that in some people's minds that a divorce was not as tragic as I know. Loss. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I'm it grieving is. here. <laughs> and very um, true. Yeah. So it was, I never yeah. given much thought to it, you know, before. Yeah. Uh, and I think not one ever... thing that's really, sorry. Go ahead. One thing, yeah, no, go a, ahead. one thing that's such a shame with that is I know I've had, you know, friends who've gone through divorce and they'll say that other friends and family will say, well, you wanted it, didn't you? Or he was this or she was that. Mm. And so it's better that way. Well, you know what? That doesn't make it feel any better because the truth mm-hmm. is it was a relationship and it was a significant relationship in our life. And so we need to, we need to honor the pain of the fact that that has ended as we had hoped and the dream that we had has ended. Yes. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm many times I think the divorce might be needed, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because of abuse or some other reason and it may be needed, but you are so right. There was that expectation that we had since we were six years old, listen to Cinderella. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you grow up, you marry your yeah. pet prince and live happily. We assume live happily ever after. And right. uh, so, yeah, there is that grieving process. 
least I certainly sure. found it. <laughs> yeah, so, and I think that we don't talk about that. So people don't know that that's, that's a necessary part, that there's nothing, it's not even that there's nothing wrong with it, but it's actually important. It's actually important for us to um, honor that there's pain with that ending and to get to talk about it and acknowledge what what occurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is part of the the process, isn't it? To to mm-hmm. um, talk about it. I mean, I don't think we talk about death very well here. I don't know if it's no. just in the U.S. <laughs> or if it's anywhere. Maybe it's just the human part of us. Yeah, I actually met a woman um, a couple a few years ago from, who lived in Switzerland, and mm-hmm. she asked me what I did. She asked me what I did, and when I told her that I helped people get right with endings in their life, like death. And, and she said, oh, that's the weirdest work I ever heard of. And I said, oh, well, I said, well, do people in Switzerland, like, how do they deal with death? And she goes, oh, we don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and then she called, then she emailed me two weeks later, and she said, I think I need you because uh, my father, she said, my father died 10 years ago. And as long as I don't talk about it, I'm fine. And I said, well, how's uh-huh. that working? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, she, and so we worked together, and then she was able to get back to a place where she could talk about her father and, you know, the good times and the not-so-good times. And she mm-hmm. got back the relationship, the emotional side of the relationship, even though he had physically died 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a story very similar to that, and um, I should have known better, but I didn't. Um, mm. I had my divorce was very lengthy; it was two years of uh, bantering back and forth, much less prior to that. The you know the end of the marriage itself, and then the the official part. But after I had been so long in the legal part that it was a great relief just to have it over. So my life just moved on and I quite honestly did not go through the grieving process. And I don't think anybody can, can skip that part of ending a relationship, however, on whatever terms. But I, and it was six to eight years later that I had to physically go through the process of grieving the end of my marriage. It was so weird. You know? It seems I, weird, but I'm so glad you brought that up because guess what, Joyce? You are really normal. And that's what's so interesting and why I've learned that I try not to use the word grief as much, although the name of my business is Passing Through Grief. Because what I learned is that our culture thinks that grief is what happens in the first couple of months right after an ending, like a divorce. Uh-huh. And, and so you, and, and grief is actually our normal and natural response. And it's the conflicting feelings. So for you, after your divorce, at first there was relief. And you yes. know, for me, I had the same. I had cared for my husband who was dying. And, you know, I have many clients. I had a woman who cared for her mother who had ALS, and she had stopped working and cared for her mother for uh, two years in mm-hmm. the end of her mother's life. When her mother 
died, she had these conflicting feelings of, oh my gosh, this is done. You know, this has been so horrible and so hard. Yes. And, and so there can be a sense of relief, but then at the same time, sometimes right away, we also feel sadness, but other times we have to get back to work. We have other things that are happening and we delay mm-hmm. the actual moving through what happened and getting right with that ending. And so you're really mm-hmm. normal. Most of my clients don't come to me. Um, they find me two, five, 10, 20 <gasps> years after. Really? Oh yeah. No, very few people. I work with very few people who just recently had a significant, like not in the first few months. They, mm. they think, you know, they're doing the best they can. Friends are telling them what they should do. They think they know what to do. And then mm-hmm. if they're still not feeling better and then they hear a talk like this or they hear me speak somewhere and they go, Oh my gosh, that's me. I never <laughs> have gotten back to feeling better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a little light goes off and says, wow, I didn't know that I hadn't like completed and kind of gotten right with what happened there. And I tried to move on, but I really haven't. Yeah. Well, what are the signs if somebody postpone, postpones their grieving process? Is there something that that they'll start feeling or is it over after hearing about pain or grief or is it when a friend loses somebody or Mm, I like that question um so what are the signs so there's there can be lots of signs one when you read a book or you hear like hearing me talk something (laughs) says that's what people tell like clients end up coming to me they'll say you know what you said something and I went "Mm, that's me (laughs) And so that's one is that they hear something you say or they get Uh somehow they found your podcast and Uh they're like, I don't know how I stumbled upon this podcast, but I did. And it's speaking to me. So I know Mm. there's something in there for me. If they're drawn Mm. to your podcast, there's something that you're saying that they need. Uh, So that's one thing. But another, um, what I say is, are you feeling, are you struggling in life or are you feeling content and if you never were able to get back to a place of feeling at peace then something was left unfinished after the ending that that you need to work through um oh i love that yeah i love that yeah. Yeah, because when I when I start working with someone, I, I'll say, where are you on a scale of 1 to 10 if 1's the worst and 10's the best? Uh-huh. Where do you live most days? And they'll often say, uh, like around a 3 or 4, whatever it is, 3, 4, 5, mm-hmm. 1. And then I write that number down, and as we work, I'll say, where are you now? And when we finish, if you aren't telling me that you are up at, wherever, six, seven, eight, but have gone up a number of notches, then we missed something in the work. Because mm. when we're working together, my goal is that pretty quickly, we're not going to work together forever. Um, mm. I'm not, it's not therapy. We are going to deal with where the pain is, the emotional pain and what it relates to. And we're going to take steps to work through it. So mm. within a few months, you have moved up some notches. And mm-hmm. so what I ask your 
you know, your listeners is to ask yourself, where am I on a scale of one to 10 and where would I like to be, you know, and what step might I have to take to move up and feel better? So, so that's another thing to look at that would tell you that you haven't possibly, that you have something to work through. Another one is, has a behavior change. So this is one that I had a client come to me who had, um, his father die a number of years earlier, and mm-hmm. he had never had a problem, but he ended up losing interest in his work. And so he left his work and was just kind of like floating around looking for something that interested him. So he lost interest in life. And mm-hmm. that's a sign. If I say sometimes after the, the experience of death or divorce or something traumatic and ending that's been traumatic in your life, Did your life go from kind of color to black and white? Or are you focused on the past and what went wrong and you don't have hope for the future or you don't look forward to today or the future? That would be another sign. Mm -hmm. And another thing that happened is I've had a few clients who started a behavior that really didn't serve them after the ending, like drinking more. So mm-hmm. do you find that you didn't used to do this, but now you need a glass of a glass or two of wine with dinner? Um, mm-hmm. So I've had clients who thought that they were um, alcoholic, but yet when we worked through the grief, they were able to stop that the drinking was not. It was they were a problem drinker, but they were not. Um, it was not a biological or, you know, a chemical problem mm-hmm. in their body. It was mm-hmm. more that our culture is very comfortable with a certain amount of drinking. And so it's a way that we can numb our pain. And so if you started um, overeating, if you started drinking more, if you started trying to keep really busy, but you were exhausted, but you're just like running all the time to try to avoid the pain. All of those would be signs that you have not worked through the ending that occurred however many years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, I just had an interesting, interesting thought, Natalia. Um, Mm -hmm. How would one know if it is grieving that one could be experiencing or lack of forgiveness. Ah, and I'm going to, wow, I'm going to use myself joy. as an example. Um, <laughs> yes. If you don't mind, could I, I have some free this. therapy no, here? You're just like, you're just like bringing up such great points that we didn't, <laughs> didn't know you bring up, but this is, I love I this. Well, anyway, I'm just using my own example. In my own relationship, am I grieving? Now, I've been you know, divorced for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I deal with um, a bit of regret, but also a, the battle of forgiveness. And because I think I'm a Christian, I believe I am a Christian, but... I've gotten tangled up in that, oh, yes, you should forgive, and then you'll be okay. And, you know, it's kind of like a question. I just thought of that. I'm sorry. I'm just, what do you think? No, you are bringing up, I'm glad that we are just flowing with this naturally on this call because you brought up something so important that I am sure touches so many people in your audience, forgiveness. 
Yeah. So mm. forgiveness is a big, is a piece of the work that um, I do with people when they're working through an ending because mm-hmm. one thing that gets people stuck in grief for many, many years is regret, um, guilt about the part that they played, mm-hmm. and not being able to forgive the other person for the part that that person played in the end and in the problems that occurred. And so what can happen with forgiveness, for, what do we think, what do you think the definition of forgiveness is? Well, um, I think <laughs> I, that's been confusing because originally I thought it was just, oh, they get a free ride. Um, but it's more of a, I think it's more of acknowledging it, but then I hear about it's more for you than it is for them. Yeah. Is that confusing? I'm sorry. No, because that's a, um, this is so big and, um, this is probably, I'm just amazed that you brought this up because this is probably one of the stickiest when I work with an individual where people get the most stuck. And so I think it's just fascinating that you, this was like like a divine intervention because <laughs> you bringing this up when, um, when we hadn't like talked about this before is exactly yeah. where people get stuck. And uh-huh. that's because they think, and everyone says, no, it feels like it's for another person. It's they think that forgiveness means giving the other person like, um, what is it? A pass for what they did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All pass. And, and people get stuck and they're saying, okay, you know, I'm a Christian. I want to be a good person. So I should forgive them, which they think means give them a pass for that. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. definition, look up, go and look up forgiveness in the dictionary. And it is the definition is letting go of the resentment that one holds about something that occurred in the past, letting go of resentment. So like you said, you said, I've heard that it's for me more than the other person. Well, the truth is the definition of forgiveness is about you. It's about letting go of the resentment about what happened in the past Mm. so that Mm -hmm. we can be free. And you know what? It doesn't Mm -hmm. just happen. It doesn't just happen by saying, I'm going to forgive. So I, when I work with people, I have specific processes that I take them through because, you know what, we can't just, unfortunately, we don't just let go of resentment because we say we want to. Um, Mm -hmm. It is, it, we have to take specific actions and it has nothing to do with the other person. So you don't need to say anything to the other person. And that's what's so wonderful uh, about when I work with right. people is that even if someone has died, we can still come to peace around any resentment that we hold held about what happened. Right. And if okay. you're divorced and you can't talk to, and your spouse, your ex-spouse doesn't want to talk to you, right. you don't want to say, and you don't want to say, I forgive you because what might they say? <laughs> Finally, I don't, I don't need to be. I don't need to, or they may say I don't need to be forgiven. I didn't do yeah. anything wrong. Yeah. We have to go <laughs> to a break angry. here, and I don't want to stop you in the middle of a sentence. But I do. We need to go to break, and then let's come back and we can revisit this a little bit more. How's that? Okay. Sounds good. Because I don't think we're at the end here. 
<laughs> so we'll, we'll be back shortly. Thank you. <laughs> Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Tokinet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30 percent or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through TogiNet Radio. We have negotiated special rates at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Joyce, sign up, and enjoy the discounts. This is Best radiotravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-I-C-E. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. Now you know that we have just finished a great discussion with Natalia. And we didn't exactly complete it, but it was on the grief process. And how do you know when you're going through grief or you have that that other stage, which is part of grief recovery, it's the forgiveness piece that's also part of moving through grief. So, Natalia, tell us a little bit more about uh, the the grief uh, or the forgiveness. How do those work together? Yes, yeah, so one thing, what you said, which is so important, is that forgiveness is a piece of moving through the most pain that comes with an ending. 
And, mm. and forgiveness of another, but often also forgiveness of ourselves. And the the difficulty that many people have with this is that our friends and our family members think it's wise because they have some misinformation that if they could help us to focus on the good or they could help us forget what happened if it was difficult and not talk about it, if we don't talk about it, there's this misinformation in our culture that we will feel better if we don't talk about it. But mm-hmm. that is not true. It plays over in our heads. So if you have these recurring thoughts of, um, you know, anger toward what happened or, and that could be true with divorce or with death, you know, just uh-huh. feeling I've had clients who feel really angry at doctors or maybe angry at the person who died for not fighting a certain way or not doing what they wish they had done. Um, And so around that comes a need for forgiveness. And as I said, we don't forgive just easily by saying, I forgive. If the thought Mm -hmm. keeps playing over in your head, there's some steps you need to take. But the difficulty Uh is, and that forgiving of ourselves is such a big one with death and divorce that we will be playing in our head, what if I had done this? What if I had not done that? What if, what if, what if? And mm-hmm. if we can't stop those what ifs, those negative what ifs that really are hurting us, um, we get stuck in this, in this, you know, stuck in the grief and the pain of the ending. Mm-hmm. So that has to do with guilt, when we have guilt, when we have shame, when we have regret. There needs to be a forgiveness of ourselves as well as often a forgiveness of someone else. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like when you say forgiveness of self? I mean, is it just I forgive myself or is it, um, what does it look like? Yeah, well, you know what? What it looks like when we truly forgive ourselves, there's mm-hmm. a great relief. There's a great relief. We are able to live life in the present moment more. We are mm-hmm. able to, uh, we have self-compassion, which is we get to a place and this doesn't happen overnight. You know, I've listened to your podcast and, and I know you talked about the self-critic mm-hmm. and, um, part of that is not having compassion for ourselves. And so when I work with someone and we work through forgiving ourselves, we come to a place and it takes, you know, it takes some time. It doesn't happen overnight where mm-hmm. we say, you know what? I see now that I'm human and I had a human experience and I wasn't perfect because no human is. And I did some things maybe I wish I hadn't done. And maybe I didn't say something that I wish I had said. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to have compassion with this experience called life and I'm going to have compassion with myself and know that I did the best I could. And there's a relief, you know, what clients will tell me is they just find themselves, um, they hear themselves laughing again once they work through forgiveness and shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. They feel li- they feel light. The biggest word people describe after finishing work with me is they feel lighter. That we carry mm. a weight, <laughs> we carry a weight in ourselves, don't we? When we don't forgive, 
and yes. we get stuck stuck in what happened, it's like you're carrying around this like extra luggage, you know, mm-hmm. your body is heavy. Mm-hmm. And so when we are able to move the shame and the guilt and the regret, move it up and out, and it's not stuff it down because most of us have tried to stuff it down and that yes. means it stays in us mm-hmm. and it can hurt us through illness. People have more accidents when they don't move through these endings. And, mm-hmm. and when we bring it up and out, we feel lighter. Mm-hmm. I think also it has to affect our health. I see so oh, many does. women go downhill or have these aches and pains they really don't understand where they came from. And soon their cabinet looks like a bottle collection, you know, mm-hmm. medical bottles. Uh, um, and I, I, I see that and, you know, I, I just feel for them, but I don't know how to have that conversation just over, you know, a social event. But um, I see so many women experience that. And is that because we are so sensitive that we tend to carry the load of the world on our shoulders? Or is that a learned behavior? (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, it could be all of the above. Both sensitive. I mean, yeah. Um, And I think that we do have to remember, and again, I'd say that in our culture, what we are bombarded with is separating the physical body and our health from our emotional well-being and our, yeah, our well-being overall. And the truth is that lots of studies show that when we don't move through um, and deal with a trauma that occurred or a strong, big ending, significant ending that occurred, that yes. illness within the two years after is greatly increased. So we are more yes. likely, no, we are more likely, this is, was research I did early on, um, we are more likely to have accidents. So look and mm-hmm. see if since your divorce or since your, since the death of someone important to you, have you had um, car accidents? Have you fallen and had any type of accident that way? Have you had more illnesses? Have you come down with the flu? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we are healthy. Like overall, our bodies are really meant to recover. But if we mm-hmm. are under a lot of stress and we don't know how to move through the stress, our bodies can handle stress for short periods of time, but they are not meant to uh, be under stress for many years. And if they yeah. are, they begin to break down. And so we begin to um, just, you can see it in people's faces. You, like you said, I think you said that, that you feel for people, that they carry it in their body. And you can see, I sometimes just do that, like observing people walking down the street. And you can see people who are really struggling. They're, you know, they can be hunched over a little bit more, dragging mm-hmm. their feet not looking up and you see in their eyes they don't have the sparkle that they maybe once had or the sparkle that children have because mm-hmm. they're carrying the weight of the world um, on their shoulders like you said right um yeah it's um also i've i see sometimes i believe and you can correct me or discuss this that i think women because we are so used to taking second 
particularly in the older years, the the 50 plus women have had a relationship with a husband, perhaps that was more, um, the husband was the control and the decision maker. And so somehow the woman falls into that area that she doesn't make decisions well because she's out of practice. Uh, not that she can't do that very well, but uh, she also seems to miss that she has the ability to take control of her body. She can mm-hmm. definitely affect it. And, yeah. you know, and I see that, I see that as part of the contributor to the woman falling ill. She doesn't see that as part of her role. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. I think that often that happens that we think that we don't have the inner strength, that we don't have the ability within ourselves to change. Mm -hmm. And so we're Mm -hmm. stumbling along, just letting life happen to us and being a victim to the circumstances. Um, So thinking that, oh, this happened to me, this person left me and I can't do anything about that. And, and yeah, so when I work with people, I talk about, um, instead of living our life by default, we live mm-hmm. our life con- we live our life consciously and so we first you know first we have to move through some of the pain we have to look at the part that each of us played in that not mm. in a way of putting not about guilt it's about having self compassion but looking at the role that we each played and when we take responsibility for the part we played that mm-hmm. gives us power and when we see ourselves as powerful we can make change so it's really important for us. I agree with you. And I know I was, what you were describing with me, my husband made most of the decisions and I was scared to death when he was dying because I thought, I don't know that I can do this. Mm-hmm. And one of the gifts in his death is that I have learned the incredible inner strength that I have the incredible mm-hmm. ability he used to make most of the decisions. I'd always say, I don't know what I need. I don't know what I want for this <laughs> or that. And mm-hmm. then he died, and I have made thousands of decisions, and I've made good decisions. Good, and, powerful and, decisions. And, <laughs> right. And if I make a mistake, it's okay. I'm human. I I learn, and I say, oh, okay, that didn't work. Let's try again. <laughs> uh, but before, yeah. I would just turn it over because I didn't want to. I thought failure was like falling. I thought making a mistake was a failure. No, mistakes are like just, oh, whoops, got to go another way. Let me turn. It went down yeah. the wrong road. Want to go another road. So I agree with you that that we see it in women that um, they turned it over and they don't know their own power. But women are so, they're so freaking powerful. And <laughs> We just need to access the power within ourselves, and then we can go amazing places, and we can create the life that we want. But yeah, we got to go through some. We got to go have the courage. You know, we have to kind of reach down. I said I had to keep reaching down and pulling my courage to the top and saying, (laughs) "I have courage in there somewhere. I'm going to pull it up." Um, You know, and we just. We just have to have, and we have shows like yours to, we need, the other thing that women need are connection. We can't do uh, it all alone. Right. And shame no. tries to make us do it alone because it says yeah. something's wrong with you. Well, I did think of this that I wanted to 
ask you about because I have experienced this with friends. Sometimes um, the grieving um, it can be excessive with one woman, and I'm thinking of a woman that I'm, I go to church with, and and she's her husband's been gone for two years, and she still talks about it. And it's almost where you don't want to go up to her because you, she's going to talk about it. You know, that's mm-hmm. her subject. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I certainly don't feel it's my place as a friend to tell her enough, but how yeah. do you well, handle that situation? Yeah, that's really, okay. That's a good question because that's what happens is that people end up staying away from us and mm-hmm. then we isolate, then we're isolated more. So, so you, you just named another sign of her being stuck in her grief. So what happens is Ah. it can be called the the loop of loss. What happens Uh is some people tell other people, some people play it in their thoughts, but they don't tell other people. Two years is not very long to still be grieving. I don't know how long she was married, but if she was married 20 years, um, she was married one year. Two years okay, they dated, no. and and it was okay, such so a shock to her because she expected a full life. Um, yeah, and it was a a shock. Uh, yeah, but, so it was a shock, and so the fact that she's telling the story again and again is mm-hmm. she's stuck in the loss. She's stuck, mm-hmm. and she does thought plays over and over and over again, and for her, she's telling it over and over and over again. So you could share this podcast with her, but you can't. Um, <laughs> you could, um, yeah. So it's helpful if we can first acknowledge, I hear, I hear that you're still, I hear that you're in a lot of pain, um, mm-hmm. and kind of say back what she says first. So mm-hmm. I hear that you're really lost and confused about what happened or that there's a lot of sadness about that. We all need to be heard and we all need to be seen. And and often what happens is people avoid us because they don't know what to say. And then we get stuck in the grief even longer. And we try to learn to not talk about it, but that doesn't move move us through the pain either. We do need to talk about it, but we need to talk about it in a, constructive manner that allows us to move through it. So some people keep telling, you know, we all know people who went through a divorce and for years they just keep telling you about how horrible. Yes. 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 It's happened. They don't move. Yeah. And they don't move forward. They, even though it looks like they move forward, they Mm -hmm. keep talking about the past in a negative Mm -hmm. way. And that's Mm -hmm. just a sign of, of someone who has not, healed the recovered from the pain the emotional pain of that loss so we have an emotional body we have this uh, we have our physical body but we also have this emotional body and we can't think our way we can't use our mental self to move through we have to heal our broken heart we have to heal the emotional part of ourselves that broke when that ending happened and, and how do you um, do that? Well, there are certain steps that I have to take people through, and, and oh, it has to do that's with... That's where you come looking. 
Well, that's, that's, I mean, we can all, like, we all can do it. Um, sometimes we need another, sometimes we need a professional to help us. Sometimes we right. don't. It, sometimes we'll have a friend who can listen in a way that allows us to sort out what happened and come to terms with it and come to peace. But we need to look at all that occurred and we, what we were talking about through that, by looking at all that occurred in the relationship, mm-hmm. we come to a place of forgiveness, we come to a place of self-compassion, and that's when the healing occurs. Yeah. Uh, but it happens by being seen and heard and listened to and in a way that we can process what occurred and then move it up and out. So an event occurred, right. like a divorce occurred yeah. or a death occurred, that's an event. We have mm-hmm. an emotional response to that event, mm-hmm. and we have to allow. So that woman may not be feeling the emotion. She may be stuck in the mental part. And so mm-hmm. she keeps saying it over and over again, but she's not feeling it. I help mm-hmm. people to feel, feel it, and feelings are movable. Like if you say, I am such and such, M is like a statement of who you are. Mm-hmm. I feel... I feel sad. Well, tell me about that. Well, I'm feeling it. You know, I just feel like my heart is broken and I feel like I'll never feel happy again. When we talk about feelings and someone listens, they move. And so when I'm working with a client, sometimes they'll come in and they're saying, like, I feel so heavy. I feel so down. And Mm -hmm. they tell me about that and we'll explore it. And maybe they cry or maybe they don't, but we talk about it and we move through it from a feeling place. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the session, they'll be like, I don't know, I feel better right now. And <laughs> so, yeah, and something else will come up. But, but feeling our feelings and talking about our feelings rather than intellectualizing, a lot of people mm-hmm. will go into, I don't know if this woman has done this with you, but they'll go into um, this is what happened, and I don't understand why that happened, and then this was wrong, and that was wrong, and blah, blah, blah. And they're talking from their head, not from their heart. So oh, I'll just yeah. Give you one tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one tip is help. One way to help a friend is help them move down to speaking from their heart, not from their head. Does that make sense? Yes. So you're talking about feelings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Helping people yeah. talk about yeah. feelings instead of what rationalize, excuse me, yeah. <laughs> instead of, <gasps> instead of rationalizing. Well, I have to tell you, Natalia, because you know, <laughs> we are both coaches that I feel very strongly that, that there is a time that it, it is better to not lean on friendships and to move toward the professional. Uh, those with training that can do just what you're saying. They can move from head down to heart where a friend doesn't know that. She just puts up with what the conversation is. So I'm an advocate of getting help. I'm, uh, you know, in my own transition, transition, I know the help that helped me move through. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you so that they can get help, and get support mm-hmm. through their transition. How would they do that? Sure. There's a couple of ways. They could go to my website. It's passing through grief and through is spelled all the way out. Um, mm-hmm. H R O U G H 
passingthroughgrief.com. And there's a place to contact that says contact, and you can they can send me an email, and I will get back to them, and we can set up a time to talk and just find out what it's like, what it would look like um, to work together. They yes. can also email me directly. So they can email me at Natalia, N-A-T-A-L-I-A, at passingthroughgrief.com and say they heard um, our talk today and they'd like to talk and just find out what it would look like, you know, what it's like to work together or how do they get some help with this. Yeah. So um, I totally agree with you. I think that if you are, for me, I got professional help, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. why I'm such an advocate is because Mm -hmm. I had some dear friends who really wanted to help and they just didn't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to, I didn't know what to ask for. So I've had friends that felt bad that they didn't help me. And I said, I didn't know what I didn't know what my problem was. I didn't know how to ask for help. And so I isolated and I said things that weren't helpful. And, you know, it was just um, sometimes if we're in pain and our friends have not been able to help us and it's been a couple of years or a lot of years, um, then I think it is a good idea to find someone that it feels good, feels right to work with. Like I I definitely I say. You know, talk with different professionals. Uh-huh. Ask yourself, do I resonate with this person? Um, mm-hmm. And work with someone that it feels right to you to work with. You know inside, every one of your listeners has an inner wisdom. And ask your inner self, is this the right person? And yeah. interview a few people. Like, talk to a couple different people. And I'm happy to have a conversation. And um, you... You know, no one has to sign up. I want, I always tell people, talk with me and let's see if it feels right. And you offer that as a free conversation, right? I talk, we, we just have a conversation. We just have a telephone yeah. conversation and, yeah. um, and just decide from there. Yeah. Right. Now, do you use Zoom or do you use this, the phone? I use Zoom. So when I work with individuals, I think it's really important that we work face-to-face. And mm-hmm. so often when we're in pain, we want to hide. And so often we we need to be seen. And so we yeah. might not know it, but there's so much that's said through our eyes and so much that's said through our face. and And it's just important to be with one another. So... Um, yeah. I work with clients through Zoom video. Um, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that great? I love that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me, too. And you, me too. And you also have a Facebook group. Yes? I do. I have. Um, I do have a Facebook page, Passing Through Grief, also. Uh, and uh-huh. um, I have a lot of videos. I also have a lot of videos on YouTube. So you can oh. put in um, Natalia Vols. I have about 100 uh, short videos on YouTube, which gives lots of information about tips for recovering after a loss, uh, ways to help friends, and little steps. I had did something a year ago called mm-hmm. um, 21 Flickers, which was just like short little things you could do each day to oh, I love that begin to to begin to feel better and feel lighter. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well. Yeah. 
we are coming to the end of this hour and it's just been so I've loved it, Natalia. It's Me so too. uh your information has been so great. I mean I walked away with a few good ideas myself here. And so I just am <laughs> thrilled that we got together for this show. Me um, too. It was fun. I know you've touched some listeners out there by your message. And knowing that you can go to YouTube and continue this relationship, but also how to directly get to you is going to be really valuable. So I thank you very much for being on Second Wind today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Well, you know, one of the transitions that we all make is one that we try to ignore. And then when it does come, then we're, surprised that it can be so painful or that it can be so lonely. Um, so at knowing that there are options out there, that we do not have to go through our pain alone, that there are wonderful coaches like Natalia that can be a great benefit to you as you transition into the other side of whatever that grief might be. Grief is the biggest challenge, I do believe, that any individual will go through. And we go through grief a lot, whether we realize it or not. So I thank you very much for being here with me today and with Natalia today. Um, this has been a great hour. I've loved hearing Natalia's explanations of so many things. So I hope that in this holiday season that you'll reach out to her and get some relief. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.